differences, opinions, if you will. Uh, several weeks ago, we talked about judging sinners and judging people who are different than us. And, and he said he, he doesn't want us to have a mean, judgmental spirit, a mean uh, uh, a way of treating other people. Now, this does not mean, and we, we have said this, this does not mean we do not confront sin. This does not mean that anything goes. This does not mean that, hey, let's just let anybody do anything and everything and whatever, and that's okay. That's not what that means. It means this, that we cannot be God in somebody else's life. If that makes sense, say amen. We can't be God. We are not the Holy Spirit. We can't make any... How many of y'all have figured out by now that you can't make nobody do nothing? And, and no matter how hard you try... You cannot change somebody's mind unless God changes it for them. It just is what it is. Now, uh, to, today, today we're going to talk about some of those doubtful disputations. You remember in the very first verse of Romans chapter 4, and that's where you're supposed to be. I forgot to tell you, Romans chapter number 4. Uh, excuse me, 14. Romans chapter number 14. Uh, uh, we, we, we talked about... We talked about there's reasons we shouldn't judge somebody else according to our standards, our opinions, uh, where we stand with things. Uh, One of those things, he says, we are to receive each other, but not to doubtful disputations. And basically what those things are, are the gray areas of the Bible. The areas that are not black and white, uh, the areas that are not concrete. Uh, There are some things that we know is bad because he said it's bad. Uh, We know there's things we are commanded to do because it's said there. But there are some gray areas in the Bible that's just, uh, it it is not concrete or black and white. And that's what he's talking about. There are some things we may disagree with. There are some things we may see uh, differently about, not see eye to eye on. And he said, don't argue about those things. Don't let those things be uh, 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 means of contention between you with a brother and a sister. Uh, that's what the doubtful disputation is. Now, I said last week that I was not going to get into those things. Uh, we're just going to let it, let it, you know, but uh, you know that ain't going to work. Say amen. We're going to talk about some tonight. Uh, I, obviously, there's, there's, there's a bunch. You know, obviously, uh, there are, are, are several, several things that we may disagree with when it comes to spiritual items, spiritual issues. But I'm going to talk about some major ones, and we'll, we'll get into that. And, and then I'm going to talk about, then I would like to discuss uh, what are constants, what are essentials. You know, what are we going to do here? What are, what are we going to try to accomplish here at Temple Baptist Church that we're not going to argue about? It is what it is, shine on, amen. This is no, no arguing whatsoever. We're going to focus on this. We have to have priorities, all right? If, you, if you're at Romans 14, 13, Romans 14, 13, say amen. Let us not, therefore, judge one another anymore. God says amen right there. He just put an emphasis on that sentence. But judge this rather that no man put a stumbling block or an occasion to fall in his brother's way. I know and am persuaded by the Lord Jesus that there is nothing unclean of itself, but to him that esteemeth anything to be unclean, to him it is unclean. In other words, uh, if you will remember, if you will remember, there was a little issue here between what kind of food they thought they could eat. There were some that believed you couldn't eat meat, all right? There were some that believed you could eat meat, and they were disagreeing. Now, Paul is saying, meat's good. It's okay. There's nothing with that. But if you believe in your heart that it's wrong, guess what it is? It's wrong. And he is trying to teach us, don't go against your conscience. Don't go against your conscience. Does that make sense? Say amen. Verse 16. Uh, or no, 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 excuse me. Back up to verse 15. But if thy brother be grieved with thy meat, now walkest thou not charitably? Destroy not him with thy meat for whom Christ died. Let not then your good be evil spoken of, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy in the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore... Let us therefore follow after the things which make peace and things whereof one may edify one another. If you argue about opinions, you're just going to tear each other down. And Paul is saying, don't do that. Don't do that. You need to do everything you can to build one another up. Guess what? You can build each other up and disagree with each other. Amen? 
Now watch. Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. For meat destroyed not the work of God. All things indeed are pure, but it is evil for that man who eateth with offense. It, in other words, if, 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 even if it's okay, even if it's okay and you think it's not and you do it anyway, that's wrong for you. You're going against your own conscience, okay? It is good neither to eat flesh nor to drink wine nor anything whereby thy brother stumbleth or is offended or is made weak. Hast thou faith? Have it to thyself before God. Happy is he that condemneth not himself in that thing which he alloweth, and he that doubteth is damned if he eat, because he eateth not of faith, for whatsoever is not of faith is sin. Now, let me, I want to read just a few verses in 15. Now, how many of y'all know that chapters and verses were put in there so, for easier reading and study? Are y'all with me? He continues on with the same process of thought. Because of this, he says, we then that are strong ought to bear the infirmities of the weak and not to please ourselves. Let every one of us please his neighbor for his good to what? Edification. For even Christ pleased not himself, but as it is written, the reproaches of them that reproached thee fell on me. For whatsoever things were written aforetime were written for our learning, that we through patience and comfort of the scriptures might have hope. <coughs> now the God of patience and consolation grant you to be like-minded one toward another according to Christ Jesus. Here's a good, good two verses. That ye may with one mind and with one mouth do what? Glorify God. Glorify God. Even the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. Wherefore, receive ye. Now, now remember, that's the very first thing he said in, in, in chapter 14, verse 1. Same word. Receive ye one another as Christ also received us to what? To the, to the glory of God. Father, thank you, Lord, for your blessings, your mercy, your kindness. Thank you for those that have come tonight. In the rain, in the storm, and, and, and Lord, we're here. I pray that you'll help us to, to be able to hear and understand and, and, and Lord, study a little while and, 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 and bring stuff into our life that's going to help us be uh, better Christians. Uh, Lord, it's going to help us uh, uh, be more conformed to the image of yourself. I pray your perfect will be done tonight. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. All right, you may be seated. All right, let's, let's review just a minute. Let's review just a minute about what, what we're really dealing with and what we're really talking about. Uh, here we have Paul addressing Christians who are arguing. Uh, they, are, they are having issues with each other, having, having problems with each other because of their own, their own preferences and opinions about some things. Uh, uh, they called them standards. They called them convictions, whatever. Uh, and here we have, on one hand, we have a group of Christians who believe that it's wrong to eat meat, okay? So they were vegetarians. They didn't eat meat. They just ate uh, 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 vegetables, okay? Then on the other hand, on the other hand, you have people who said, hey, it's okay to eat meat. There ain't nothing wrong with that. There's, you know, God does not ban a cheeseburger. Say amen. It's all good. It's all good. Uh, we can have barbecue and God is, will smile on us and everything will be fine. Well, this group over here did not believe that. Well, this group over here did. Now, see, this is what began to happen. The people who had more rules and the people who outlawed and banned meat, they were saying, you're not spiritual because you're eating meat. You're not following a biblical guideline. And, 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 and in their mind, in their mind, they thought they were spiritual. You're wrong. And so they begin to judge them because of what they allowed in their life. All right? Obviously, we know that's wrong. Paul called this crowd who had more rules, and isn't it funny, in most churches, people who have more rules that they follow, they think they're the more spiritual. But according to Paul, they're the more weak. They're the more weak. They're in more bondage than anybody. Well, they were judging this crowd. Well, over here, because, because they were being judged by the weaker Christians, they were despising those who were judging them. And guess what Paul said about that? He said, that's wrong too. Now, I don't know about you, but that's hard to do. That's hard to, to be judged and to be criticized by others and not get angry about it. But Paul says, you can't. You can't. This is, what, this is kind of what he is saying to us. Uh, you, you can't get mad at a baby for, for messing its diaper. 
All right, we have a little bitty baby right here, little old bitty bitty baby right here, and 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 they don't snatch that baby up every time it 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 uh it messes its diaper and gives it a spanking. Now, if it was twenty seven, we might say amen. You 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 see what I'm saying? Paul says, don't despise them, don't get angry at them because they are immature. You need to be mature and loving and understand they don't get it yet, and be patient with them till they get it. Now, I don't know about y'all, that's hard sometimes. That's frustrating sometimes. And I'll, I'll admit, I admit last week that, that, that I've, I've had struggles with that because I, when people come and judge Temple and criticize Temple and they've never been on the property, that frustrates me. And I, and I get frustrated at that, and I tend to despise that one who's been judging. And Paul says, no, 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 we can't do that. If they are judging, then they're immature. And you got to be patient with somebody who's immature. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now, now, what we've learned so far in this study, uh, especially in this first chapter of Romans 14, is that we cannot judge others and what others do in the area of their, their standards or convictions because we are not God. We are not God. We don't know the whole story about everything. He says, who art thou that judgest another man's servant? That's like snatching up somebody else's young and and spanking them. That's pretty much the the, the basics of what that is. Now, I know there was a day that everybody whipped everybody's youngins, but you you better not do that today, say amen. I mean, it's just not, it just doesn't, he says, look, why why are you, that that person, you you don't own them. You're, you're not their judge. They, they, they don't work for you. You're not the master. You, 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 you do what you're supposed to do. They will do what they're supposed to do. We're, we're not their judge. Who art thou that judges another man's servant? Uh, we know that one day we're going to stand before Christ. I don't know about you, but I got enough to worry about. How about y'all? Okay. All right. Now, so we know we're not supposed to do that. We're not supposed to judge others and, and, and their, their convictions or their opinions uh, their, their standards or their beliefs and, and say, okay, you're not spiritual because you don't cut your hair like me or you're not spiritual because you don't dress like me. You're not spiritual because you don't uh, have as many rules as I do. Uh, you're not spiritual because you don't do what I do. He says, don't do that. Don't do that. Now, if we read too much into that, if we read too much into that, it will give us the impression that we're all supposed to just do our own thing and not worry about what nobody else does. And, 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 and if, they come, if they come naked to church, don't say nothing. How many of y'all know that's foolish? We're not going to do that. Oh, they're naked. Well, the Bible says don't judge. You see how foolish that sounds? I mean, people are doing that today with sin. You know, I, I, I'm doing something that the Bible completely, completely condemns, but in doing that, I tell you, don't judge me because God says don't judge. Well, that's not, what, that's not what the Bible's teaching. It's not what the Bible's teaching. Let's look what it says. Let's look what it says. We are to receive one another. That was the first point. We're to receive one another. Then the second point, we're to edify one another. All right? We're to edify. Can anybody tell me if you remember what the word edify means? To lift up or build up. To build. To build. Say that with me. To to build. It says in verse 19, Let us therefore follow after the things which make for peace, and things wherewith one may edify one another. Now, here's here's what we learn. I think we we dealt with A, but I want to give it to you again. Uh, Here's what we learn by this. Christians affect each other. Christians affect each other. Now, now let me tell you what Paul was telling them. They're saying, look, dude, it's okay to eat your hamburger, but if, that, if your brother is seriously in a, in a place in his Christian walk where that is offensive to him and that he really truly believes that that's wrong, here's, here's, what, here's what you have a possibility of doing. You, you eat your cheeseburger in front of him, and he gets to wanting it, but he really feels like it's wrong, and he eats it anyway, and he, and he goes against his own conscience, you have caused him to stumble. Because you exercising your liberty in front of him has caused him to grieve his own conscience, and because of that, you're wrong. Y'all with me? That's what he's saying. 
He's saying, if your brother has this issue, say he's weak in the faith. Say he don't understand, he don't get it. Even though biblically it's okay for you to eat that hamburger, it would be wrong for you to eat it in front of him and cause him to stumble. Y'all with me? Is this making sense, y'all? Y'all saying? In other words, in other words, you may have liberties in areas of your life, but if other people are struggling with that, then you would be wrong by flaunting that liberty in front of them, causing them to stumble. Does that make sense? Now, now, so what 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 are we saying, preacher? How you live your life, how you behave, will affect those around you. It just is what it is, all right? Christians affect one another. That's why God wants us to hang out with each other. That's why he wants Christians to band together and associate with one another and fellowship with one another because birds of a feather will flock together and they will also fall together. If you hang around the wrong birds, you're going to be in messed up shape. If you are constantly hanging around negative people, you're going to be negative. If you're constantly hanging around cussing people, guess what? You're going to cuss directly sooner or later. You're going to do it. Say amen. If you hang around wicked and sinful people, it will rub off. He says, listen, be careful because you will affect each other. Get around people who are going the same uh, direction you're going, who are wanting the same things as you, who want to follow God like you, and hang in there because you will affect each other. Iron sharpeneth iron. Amen. Say amen. All right, B. B, write this down. Not only do Christians affect each other, verses 13 through 15, I want you to see this. Christians must have priorities. Christians must have priorities. Let me, let me read, and then we'll, we'll jump back and talk about it. It says in verse number, verse number, uh, verse 17, verse 17, for the kingdom of God is not meat and drink, but righteousness, peace, joy, and the Holy Ghost. For he that in these things serveth Christ is acceptable to God and approved of men. Let us therefore follow after the things which maketh for peace and the things wherewith one may edify another. Let me, let me, let me make this very simple. What he is saying here is don't major on the minors. Say that with me. Don't. On the, say it again real loud, don't, on the, he said, listen, don't major on the food and drink. Don't get hung up and arguing, fussing and fighting over something that don't matter. If you eat a cheeseburger, it's not going to send you into hell. If you don't eat a cheeseburger, it's not going to get you into heaven. One way or another, that's not a big deal. He said, but let me tell you what is a big deal. Holiness is a big deal. Righteousness is a big deal. Are, are y'all with me? And every Christian needs to have priorities. They need to understand what is important. They need to understand what do we stand on? What will we die for? What will we stand when no one else will stand? We need to have priorities. Because if you don't have priorities, you'll fight over the minors. So how do you know? Churches are doing it everywhere. Churches are doing it everywhere. They're arguing over whether they got hymn books in the, in the seat or not. They're arguing over whether there's a screen on the wall or not. They're arguing over how, how they serve the, the dinner on the grounds. They're arguing over what color carpet is in the floor. They're arguing over what songs they sing, whether they're fast or whether they're slow, whether they're new, whether they're old, whether they're contemporary, whether they're traditional. He says those things don't matter. Quit arguing over things that don't matter. Quit arguing over things that are not important. He said you need to have some priorities. Find out some things that you need to stick with. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Now watch this. Watch this. Uh, here's what I want you to do. <clears throat> on this deal right here, uh, let me see. See how I, I scribbled some stuff on the back? On the very back of your notes, you got a little blank page. And I, this, is what I, this is what I want you to write down. <clears throat> this is what I want you to write down. Over in the corner, now don't get all big writing or you ain't going to have no room. Are y'all with me? Right here in the corner, we're going to start with the first couple that I want you to write down. And, 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 then, and then we're going to just, just, just write, just leave yourself some space, all right? All right, let's talk about some doubtful disputations. Let's talk about some things that, that people, uh, they argue over that's really not that big a deal. 
All right, one of the, one of the main things, uh, probably, uh, probably one of the number one things that, 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 that churches argue about that's really silly is music. It's music. Uh, and, and, and there is probably not one item in the church today that's more about preference than anything than music. Probably not one. Uh, we, 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 we have differences of opinions. We have differences of preferences. Uh, and, but then we will have people stand up and say, if your music is not like my music, then you are not right with God, and that's, that's, that's wicked music because it's not like mine. And, and here's the thing. Who art thou that judges another man's CD? Who, who, really? Well, I tell you what, this new stuff, it's, it's, it's of the devil. You know, that sounds familiar. That sounds familiar. I want to show you something. I want to show you something. You got my video? All right, all right, listen, I, you, you, don't, you don't have to play it. I just want to hear it. Because it's like, a, it's like, you know, that's spooky kind of, you just play the music. If you can understand it, it's pretty cool lyrics. But it, it, it glorifies God. I mean, it, it talks about how big God is, how great God is. Now, how many of y'all today would call that sacred? Come on, don't get all super spiritual with me. Today, that's that's classified as sacred. It's 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 a, just a style, it's a type that most people will say this is more of God than uh, glory to God forever. Glory to God forever's got the, the the electric guitar, blah 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 blah. But they would look at this and say this is godly, this is sacred, this is holy, this is and that's fine, that's fine. But but watch this. Uh, <clears throat> Horatius Bonner penned hymns that are in, and this is one of them, that are in hymnals today. But they were banned by the elders in his own church when he wrote them. Because they said they were, they were contemporary and wicked of that day. But now we look back and now we call them sacred. Now watch, I got another one. A hundred years ago, a hundred years ago in Scotland, the organ music of Bach and Handel were considered to be secular, but they are considered as sacred music today. Also, music written by Ira Sankey, he's the one that hung out with D.L. Moody and done all the crusades and, and, and saw a bazillion people saved. And, and just here, Here's what was said about his music. He wrote gospel songs. He wrote uh, uh, revival-type songs, and, and, and he used a pump organ. Y'all know what a pump organ is? All right, he used a pump organ. Here's the deal. This is what was said about him. Uh, he is using a devilish pump machine that wheezes out blasphemously. Early critics of the organ also said, now this is just the organ, also said that this instrument had a devil in every pipe. Now today, today we look at a church that it's not God if they don't have an organ in it. And you ain't even getting a good invitation if you don't have an organ playing it. Do you see, do you see what's happening? It is an opinion. It is a preference. Guess what, guys? What's new today will be old coming soon. What our kids, what our kids think is hip and awesome and new and cool, one day their grandkids are going to say, what? Are y'all with me? You know what music has become in the church today? A doubtful disputation. And, and here's the sad part. Here's the sad part. Good men of God and good people are discontinuing fellowship over music. And Paul said, that's a doubtful disputation. You know what Paul is saying here? Don't argue over that. 
Don't, don't cut someone off. Hey, if it's not your music, that's wonderful. That's fine. Don't play it in your car. But don't demonize somebody else because they like something different than you do. Are y'all with me? All right. I knew y'all would like that. Y'all so excited about it. <clears throat> music. Music is a doubtful disputation. Uh, how about this? Methods of ministry. Methods of ministry today have become doubtful disputation. In other words, how you get the job done. What we have done now, we have begun to worship the method and not the one we're, we're singing about and preaching about and teaching about. Are y'all with me? Uh, I, I told you last week, you know, people have come in here and, and because we don't have a traditional style Sunday school that has Sunday school here at 10 o'clock here in the building and so forth and so on, we're wicked. Guess what they're all about? The method. The method. Now, Nowhere in the Bible can you say or find thou shalt have Sunday school on Sunday at 10 o'clock in the building. Are y'all with me? You can't. Why? It's not there. We've been given a job. We've been given a goal. We've been given a responsibility, and that is, and we're going to talk about that in a minute, is to go reach the world. But he didn't say how to do it in great detail. He mentioned some things we do. Uh, preaching and teaching and so forth and so on, but not every detail about it. But what we've done is we've created a problem because we're arguing over methods. How many y'all? How many y'all had a? How many y'all had a grandpa or a great grandpa that that used to plow and and plant corn with a mule? All right, raise your hand real high. Come on, come on, get with me. All right, uh, how how many rows? How many rows did he plant with that mule? Say it again? One at a time. Most of I don't think they didn't have more than that. You got a two? Okay. Uh, uh, some people had a souped-up mule. They had two. All right. <laughs> but either way, either way, you had one or two rows at a time, right? And over the years, technology has come in, and I saw, I saw, a, uh, I saw a tractor today. I saw a video of a tractor. That sucker looked half as wide as this building. And it had, it had, if I remember right, it had either four or five tractors behind it with trailers behind them. And this, this thing was cutting through that corn. And it, it, was, it, had a, it went straight up out behind it. And it filled up this tractor and trailer, this tractor and trailer, this one. And it just kept, and it was, I mean, it was cutting down some hominy. Say amen. <laughs> and you have tractors today that can put, you know, however, what's the, what's the most... Rows. I mean, I don't even know what that, what, somebody tell me, what would be a three or four row? 34? Oh, 34 row! But you know what? You know what? There's one thing that has never changed all these years it's the seed. It's still the same corn that great, great, great grandpa put in that one horsepower planter. Same corn. Same seed. Now, here's, here's what I'm trying to say. Our methods may be a little different, but the substance never changes. We may have different times. We may have different methods. We may have different type classes. Uh, we may have different things going on. But guess what never changes? The gospel. But you want me to tell you what a lot of churches have done? They're still trying to feed the old mule. And they're getting so far left behind. They're getting so far left behind and the world's leaving them. And, and we've got kids dying and going to hell because somebody won't put the mule in the barn and get them a John Deere. Say amen. You know, why that, you know why that's the case? The case is, is they began to worship a method. And a method has become a doubtful disputation, something to argue about. Listen, I, 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 I refuse to argue about those things anymore. 
I'm not, I'm not arguing over these things anymore. I'm not going to fuss over these things anymore. Listen, don't get in debates with people over this stuff. Don't even argue with them. They'll want to, but don't do it. Just say, God bless you. Amen. How about that Braves game? I don't even care if you like the Braves. I hadn't seen the Braves game, and I can't tell you when, but that's my go-to right there. Amen. Are y'all with me? Don't argue over this stuff. Modesty. Modesty is a doubt for your disputation. And, and you say, what do you mean by that? A style of dress. A style of dress is a, is a doubt for your disputation. Now, are you saying that we don't have to be modest? No, that's not what I'm saying. I'm saying you do have to be modest. What I'm saying is the style is nothing to argue over. I, let, me, let me explain it this way. I, have, I, I grew up, I grew up, and, and the word modesty, the word modesty in the Bible, when it says to be of modest apparel, means to dress down, to dress down, to dress in a way that's not drawing attention to oneself. Y'all with me? Now, so we have, we have a, a preacher that's got $200 shoes, a $600 suit, a $100 tie, criticizing a lady who's got a modest pair of pants on. How many ways can you say hypocrisy? And what, what is really in the, in, in the deal is not, it's not an, a subject of modesty. It's a subject of culturalistic style. And you know what God says? Don't argue about that. Don't argue about that. Now, do we have, a, do we have, do we have standards here at Temple and, and, and that type of Yes. Yes. You, you ain't going to get up on the platform with a miniskirt. Or with other areas that are... Yeah. Y'all with me? Now, now that, let's, let's, try to, let's try to grow up a little bit. And un, you know, let's be mature about this. But what I'm saying is this. We're not going to argue over, I, I, I had to buy a suit. I, I, I left to go to the conference this week. And, uh, and uh, I had my, y'all seen my brown jacket and, and black jacket, corduroy type. And I, I wear a nice pair of jeans and, and, a, and a long sleeve shirt. And, and, uh, and I had my good suit, my black suit or blue suit, whatever color it is, a dark suit. And, 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 and uh, uh, I got it dirty this week, so I put it in the dry cleaners. I meant to go by. I meant to go by and, and, and uh, uh, get it out the dry cleaner uh, on my way there, but I was taking care of some stuff, and I forgot it, and I remembered about Nashville. Oh, my goodness, my suit. Well, I said, I'll just wear this sport coat. Uh-uh. No, no. I had to go get a suit. Amen. Uh, in a very short, hey, you know you're a man when you can go in the store and in 15 minutes you can come out with shoes, belt, tie, uh, uh, tie suit, and everything. 15 minutes flat. I need a witness, man. I said, we did this 15 minutes. I might look like a goober tomorrow, but we got it. Amen. <laughs> you know why? Because they're still struggling with this issue. They're still struggling with whether or not God's okay with you coming to church without a town. Now, I know this seems silly, but it's not. Let, let me tell you what's silly is arguing and, and, and breaking fellowship over it. That's what's silly. Do you tell people they're wrong for wearing a tie? No. If you want to wear a suit, tie, everything on Wednesday night, rock on. Put it on. I've, <clears throat> I've had people tell me, Listen, if you're going to build a church today, you can't wear suits. You can't wear suits because, you know, you're, you're not going to reach that tie. That's, that's not true. I like wearing suits. I wear suits. That's not an issue. We, it's obvious that we can build a church with a preacher wearing a suit. But I do wear something like this every now and then just so you know I can. Say amen. You see, you see my point? It, it's not that it's not that uh, whether whether this person's right for wearing one and this person's wrong for it. Hey, if this one's not wearing one, wonderful. If this person's wearing one, that's wonderful too. But this one better not judge this one, and this one better not despise that one. That's what the Bible's teaching. We don't we don't have to totally agree on everything. We literally had a family leave the church 
when we stopped requiring the ushers to wear ties because they truly felt that they should wear a tie. And you know what I said? Put it on. Wear your tie. If you really feel that way, man, wear your tie. God bless you. Put a whole suit on. But don't judge someone else for not wearing one. Does this make sense? That's what he's saying. But, but, but this, this dress and apparel stuff has become a doubtful disputation. Now, what are some essentials? What are some essentials? I want you to write this down. <clears throat> Here's some things we're not going to argue about. <clears throat> we're going to do it. We're going to accomplish it. And we're going to focus on it. I, I was talking to Brother Craig Edwards today. And it's funny. Uh, by the way, when I was, when I was uh, speaking up in, in, in Ohio, uh, I spoke, uh, spent most of the day Friday with the staff and helping them with issues with the church. And then I spoke three times on Saturday, two times on Sunday on the subject of balance. The most unbalanced person in the whole state of Alabama had to speak five times on balance. And I, I wanted to say, hey, listen, I can tell y'all what to do, but it sure is hard to do. Amen. But here we are. Here we are in this particular thing. I, I was talking with Brother Craig, and he said, do you know what happens? He said, when you're, when you're standing and you have your weight at the center of your core, the center of your being, you have balance. He said, anytime your weight shifts to either side, the front or back, guess what you lose? And what happens when you lose balance? You fall. You fall. Anytime you go to one extreme or the other, any which way, you lose balance and you, and you fall. So what are we going to do? We're going to focus on some things. We're going to make some things a priority at Temple, which we already do. I'm just reminding us in, in this deal. The first thing I want you to write down, I want, I want you to write this down beside what you just wrote. Here's some essentials. Here's some essentials. Number one, we are going to exalt the Savior. We are going to exalt the Savior. In everything we do, we are to bring glory to God. Do you know that is your primary responsibility, whether you're a plumber, whether you're a painter, whether you're a doctor, whether you're a lawyer, whether you're a preacher, whether you're a teacher, whether you're a missionary, whether you're a grass cutter, whether you're a ditch digger, whether you're a garbage man, whether you're a nurse, whether you're... No matter what you do, your primary responsibility on this planet is to glorify God in heaven. Say amen. amen. The Bible says this. The Bible says this in 1 Corinthians 10, 31. Whether therefore ye eat or drink or whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. Say that with me. Do all to the glory of God. Say it again. Do, do all to the glory of God. If he, now, now, by the way, that particular chapter, he's dealing with the same garbage that he's dealing with in Romans 10. Because that's where, the, where they were arguing over whether you could eat meat sacrificed to idols. He said, listen, whether you eat or don't eat, whatever you do, you just make sure you're glorifying God in your behavior and in your activity. That makes sense. Say amen. amen. Ephesians 1, verse 11. In whom also we have obtained an inheritance, being predestinated according to the purpose of him who worketh all things after the counsel of his own will, that we should be to the praise of his glory, who first trusted in Christ. Let me read that verse again. That we should be to the praise of his glory. Now let me translate that. What does that mean? When this world sees your life, when this world sees your behavior, when this world sees your activity, they should say, wow, what a God. When this world sees you go through a, a trial, when this world sees you go through the valley, when this world sees that you're in a dark place in your life and you don't give up and you don't quit and you still trust God and you say like Job, uh, listen, the Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. When they see that, they'll say, "Whoo! what a God. That's what we're supposed to do. That's how we're supposed to live our life. We're supposed to live it in everything that we do. We're supposed to make God look good. Let me ask you a question. How'd you make him look today? Whatsoever ye do, do all to the glory of God. What does that have to do with the church? There's no celebrities in this building but Jesus Christ. 
We don't worship a pastor. We don't worship an associate. We don't worship the singers. We don't worship the methods. We don't worship the classes. We don't worship anything but God in heaven. He gets all the praise. He gets all the glory. He gets all the honor. Somebody give him praise and glory and honor tonight. Help me praise him. Listen, we are going to exalt the Savior no matter what we do. No matter how we do it, we're going to ask the question, does God get glory out of this? Hey, this is a good way, this is a good way to measure your songs, by the way. This is a good way to measure your music. If, if the musician is getting more glory than the master, if the singer is getting more glory than the Savior, you need to adjust that and fix that problem because it's not about the musician. It's not about the singer. It's not about the preacher. It's not about the teacher. It's about the one who saved your soul. It's about the one who died on the cross. It's about the one who shed his blood. And are y'all with me? Man, I've seen people worship pastors. I've seen people worship teachers. That is not right. Nobody deserves worship. Nobody deserves credit but Jesus Christ. We're going to exalt him. We're going to exalt him. Second thing. Second thing. Listen, we're not going to get hung up in, we're not going to get hung up in things that don't matter. We're not going to get hung up in preferences and opinions. Uh, uh, listen, we're going to exalt the Savior. The second thing I believe that, that we need to do, and that's we need to evangelize the sinner. Our job is to get people in. Our job is to reach people with the gospel of Jesus Christ. You say, what about that method stuff? Did Paul not say, by all, all, by all means? Says, in other words, do what you got to do. Preacher, what will, what, just what will you do? I'll, I'll do whatever. This doesn't say I can't. Hello. I'll bust a rhyme. You don't believe me? Check out 2012. Amen. I don't think, I don't know. I may do it again. Who knows? It worked. You wouldn't believe the criticism. You wouldn't believe it. But you know what? By the end of the day, well, you know, that was back when we had three services in the morning. Uh, the first service was somewhat full. They were blown away. They went and told all kind of people. The second service was pretty full. The third service, you couldn't find a chair. And there was such a, a vibe and a, 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 an excitement. I was pulling into Jack's restaurant and people looking through the drive through You're that rapping preacher. We were, averaging, we were averaging at the time around 900 people. That by the end of that day, when all them people, we had 1,100 that day. The following week, we had 1,200. The following week, we had 1,300. And if I'm not mistaken, the following week, we had 1,400. I can live with some criticism. And, and anyway, anyway, before you get sideways, make sure you go watch the whole thing before you get sideways about rapping. Amen. What, what are you willing to do? What steps are you willing to take to reach lost people? I, I, I talk with, I'm telling you, I'm telling you, I talk every week with frustrated pastors who are wanting to take the steps necessary to reach this generation, and they're being held back by people who won't let go of traditions, opinions, and preferences. I'm almost at the point where I want to just tell them all, just plan a church. Then you can do what you want to do. What about these churches that are dying? They're going to die anyway. Why beat your head against the wall and fight people who's not willing to do what it takes? Just let it, let it die a slow death. Let it go. Well, that's awful harsh. We're running out of time. We're running out of time. Let's, we got to go. I sat with four men. I sat with four men this week. They were just so frustrated. And they, they said, how do you do this? How do you do that? How do you? I said, okay, here's what you need to do here. Here's what you need to do here. Here's what you need to do here. And they sat there almost with tears in their eyes and said, we want so bad to be able to do that, but they won't let us. 
Talked with one today at a different church in Georgia. Same issue, same problem. The one thing everybody says, I want the church to grow. We will do anything till you tell them what they need to do. And, and, and here we have people who want what they want. And this is what they'll say, even pastors. You see, see, it's not just the people. There's a bunch of pastors that have an issue. And they'll sit there and they'll say, I know you're right. I know you're, you're right about that. I know you're right. I know, and this is what, this is what all, always come out. I, I know, but this is what I like. Well, there's only one problem with that. It's not about you. It's not about your preference. It's not about that. It's about lost people who are going to hell. Well, where do we draw the line? Man, I'm glad you said that. Because I think there is a line. And I think we need to talk about it. Amen? But before we do, I, I'm, I'm about to get ahead of myself because I really want to get to this. Uh, we got plenty of time. Uh, number three. Number three. What was number one? <clears throat> Say it again. Number one. Number two. Number three. We edify the saint. We edify the saint. The church is for the edification of the saints. You come here tonight for me to edify you, for me to strengthen you, for me to build you up, for me to teach you and, and grow you, develop you. Are y'all with me? We come Sunday. We come Sunday for the same purpose. I tell people, I tell people and they're blown away when, when we talk about our method, our method that we teach a good, a good lesson and study on Sunday. And then we ask our people to go in life groups and discuss it all week long. And then, why, why, why do you do that? I said, let me ask you a question. I said, in the typical traditional way, <clears throat> you, you have Sunday school, Sunday morning, and, and if you're really, really traditional, you have uh, uh, discipleship training, which is in between Sunday morning and Sunday night. Uh, but let's just not count that one. Uh, but Sunday morning, Sunday night, uh, 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 Wednesday night, and, 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 and all of these areas that we have, in a week. How many of them are you going to remember? I mean, really, how many of them are you going to remember? And before you answer that, I can't tell you how many people I've, I've called in the parking lot or I've seen at Denny's and, and, and this is their first say, man, I tell you what, you should have been at church today. It was on like chicken bone. I'm telling you, it was good today. And I said, really? What did he preach about? Uh, Oh, now I get that. I, I understand that. But here's my, here's my question. The Bible says to be a doer of the word and not a... Let me ask you a question. How are you going to do what you're supposed to have heard if you can't remember what you heard? Say, preacher, you're just, no, no. I'm, I'm proud of my heritage. I'm glad for what I came from because I wouldn't be where I am if it wasn't for where I came from. But what I am for is adjusting something to make it work better. Y'all with me? I started with a cane pole. First time I ever went fishing was a cane pole. Now, a cane pole's fine, but it don't work in 70 feet of water. Y'all with me? Ain't nothing wrong with a cane pole. Cane pole's great. But hey, I like graduating up to a, a, a ambassador. Say amen. A lose or you with me? There's nothing, there's nothing wrong with that. But there, 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 there just may be a better way to accomplish what we're trying to accomplish. Does that make sense? We're to edify them. Well, I don't tell you what, we don't do it like that. And, well, what kind of product are you, what, what, what kind of product is coming out your door? How many people are you sending to the mission field this year? How many people did you baptize this year? How many people, don't get me started. What are we going to do? We're going to keep doing what we're doing. We're going to keep evangelizing the sinner. We're going to keep edifying the saint. We're going to keep exalting the Savior. 
Preacher, what's a good way to, what's a good way to, to really deal with essentials? How do we know how to deal with an opinion? What's an opinion? What's a preference? And what's an essential? How, how do we do that? Well, let's look at the three Hebrew children. Let's look at the three Hebrew children. This is a good, good, perfect illustration to, to, to kind of gauge and determine in our life what, 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 is, what is an opinion and what's not. <clears throat> How many of y'all remember when uh, uh, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, they were commanded to bow down and worship a false god, a false idol, a statue that was made by the king? How many of y'all know what I'm talking about? Raise your hand. So I'll describe it if you don't know what I'm talking about. All right, there were three, three Hebrew boys, men, young men, who were taken into captivity in Babylon, and we have a foreign king here who has made a statue. Some believe it was a statue of himself. Some believe it was a statue of another god. Uh, whatever it is, he created this, and he built this statue and put it up, and he's commanded everybody, everybody. Uh, he, he's commanded uh, all of the people that was in captivity, all the people that, that was in his kingdom. In other words, every one of those Jewish people had to bow down. Now, there's only one problem. They already have a God. And their God is a very jealous God. He's the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Matter of fact, he is the only God there is. And he has told them, Thou shalt have no other gods before me. You do not bow down to another. You do not serve another. You'll put nobody or anything before me. Are y'all with me? Well, here we have these three young men. And, and according to Scripture, go, go read, I think it's Daniel chapter 3. Uh, Brother, Brother Robertson, is that Daniel chapter 3? Well, look, look that up for me and see if I'm pretty sure it's Daniel chapter number 3. Uh, but here we have the story that, that everybody bows down. And when everybody bows down, they're like this. And I can imagine, I can imagine their little Jewish friends beside them. Man, you better bow. You say, what's the big deal? Because he said, if you don't bow down, we're going to throw you in a furnace of fire. Fire. Y'all with me? The fiery furnace. Go ahead. You don't bow down, we're going to burn you alive. Y'all with me? Well... Well, they get told on. King is hostile. I mean, he is mad, mad, mad. He said, I tell you what, I'm going to give you another chance. I'm going to give you another chance. He said, but if you don't, I'm going to heat it up. I think it's seven times hotter than it already is. And, and, and this was their reply. Am I right? Daniel 3. Okay, Daniel 3. This is their reply. They said, King... King, we don't, you know, it's not about being disrespectful and all that kind of thing. Let me just tell you how it is. We are not careful, we are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Translation, we ain't going to beat around the bush. Let's just tell you the way it's going to be. We are not careful to answer thee in this matter. Now, King, you need to understand something. That we have a God. And our God is able to deliver us out of your hand. And if, if not, or uh, he is able to deliver us, but if he chooses not to, we still ain't bound. We still ain't bound. Preacher, what are you saying? I'm saying they had a conviction. They had a conviction. Now, now I want to give you three things. I want you to base your life on, on this right here. What is something that you're not going to back away from? That's not it to write. I'm just saying. What is something, what is something that you just, you will not surrender, you will not back away from? All right. Number one. This is what made their conviction. Number one, it was biblically based. They had Bible to back up what they were doing. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. If you tell me what you believe, if you tell me what you stand for, your standard, your conviction, uh, you better have some Bible to back it up. Are you all with me? Never argue with anybody. You know, you shouldn't argue anyway, and you shouldn't fuss anyway, but never say, I think. Never say, I feel. You know why? You have no authority. Your feelings are irrelevant, and your feelings will change like the weather. So it's not about your feelings. It's not about what you think. You need to be able to say, 
you need to be able to give chapter and verse. Listen, their stand, their stand was biblically based. It had a Bible foundation. Are y'all with me? Say amen. Number two. Number two. It was not only biblically based. Number two. They were willing to stand alone. Will you stand if nobody else does? They did not send out a poll. They did not question other people. This was not the latest fad. They didn't care that everybody else in the kingdom bowed down. They didn't care that everybody else went with the flow. They didn't care that everybody else gave in. They were going to stand. If they were the only one standing on the planet, they were going to stand. That's a conviction. Are you all with me? Then thirdly, thirdly, they were not only, listen, their, their stand was biblically based. Number two, they were willing to stand alone. Number three, number three, they were willing to die for what they believed in. They were willing to die for what they believed in. You know why? You know why people are getting their heads cut off? Because they're dying for what they believe in. They're dying for what they believe in. Listen, I, I, that's that's things that we're going. We're, we're not going. We're not. We're just not. We're we're not going back up on. But if it's not one of them three, let's not argue about it. Let's not argue about. It. It's not worth arguing over. Are y'all with me? I I, ain't, I, ain't, I I may not prefer I may not prefer your style of music, but I ain't going to the firing squad for it. If it comes to that, I'll buy your CD. Say Amen. Y'all with me? But if somebody says you must denounce the name of Christ, we got a problem. And I pray and I hope that that if if or when that day comes, that I will have that courage. You know, we could all we could all just say, "Hey, we could do that," and I hope we can. I hope we can. I pray to God that I have that courage, just like many, many, many people are doing today. But if it's not those three, let's don't let's don't fuss about it. Let's don't argue about it. Let's don't let's don't let's don't break fellowship because we may dress a little different. Let's don't break fellowship because we may sing a little different. Let's don't let's don't. Let's don't cut ties with everybody that's not just like us. Paul says, receive one another. He says, edify one another. Do whatever you got to do to build each other up, strengthen each other, and encourage each other. You don't always have to agree on every single thing. But those things that you stand for, what's the verse in there? Let every man be fully, help me, be fully persuaded. In his own mind. I was asked a question. And I, I'm, I'm over time, but i got to tell this. i got to tell this. They had a question and answer time. They had a question and answer time uh, uh, up there. I forgot about that. Uh, at 5, I think 5 or 6 o'clock on Sunday evening. That's, that's, when, that's when you feel like you're on, uh, in front of a firing squad. They got you and the other speakers that were there, and, and so we're sitting there and they're asking questions. And this was a question. And look at me. Put your stuff down or hold your stuff or just don't stop. Just stop and look at me. Please, please, I'm out of time, so I need your focus right here. Please look at me. This question was asked me. When it comes to disciplining your kids or the rules for your house, how do you know, how do you know where to draw the line? How do you know where, where you... If you know, because there's 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 always that fear you're being overly too strict or you're you're being too loose, you're not being strict enough. And how do you how do you? And boy, these verses came to my mind. These verses came to my mind because there was there was days in my life and my my parenting time, and my girls are here. They're somewhere over there. Uh, uh, and there was times that that I gave them rules because of what I was told. You say, was that a bad thing? Not necessarily, unless 
you're not fully persuaded in your own mind. In other words, I was laying down rules that I wasn't even sure about. What were you doing? You were borrowing someone else's convictions. And guess what? That's hard to do. That's hard to command a rule on your child that you're really, you know. You know what God says? Don't do that. If you believe in something, he said, believe in it. But whatever you believe in, be fully persuaded in your own mind. Don't try to live by somebody else's opinions, preferences, or rules. Y'all with me? Say amen. amen. Father, thank you, Lord, for all that you do. Lord, help us to get this right. 